I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And today we're going to continue our series looking at the uh, departing players from the 2021-2022 Purdue men's basketball team. Today we're going to be discussing Eric Hunter Jr., who may or may not be leaving. It's tough to say at this point. Um, But he has uh, exhausted the eligibility he has minus the COVID year. So uh, we'll see if he comes back. But regardless, we're going to look back uh, at his career at Purdue um, and kind of talk about where he uh, where he landed as a player in the annals of Purdue history. Um, and in what we, what annals. where are we going to find him? It's a word. Trust me. Look it up. The, the, that's nope. two ends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to clear it up for our audio folks at home. Yeah. There you he go. said annals. So that is what we're going to do in the second half of the podcast. Um, but in the first half, you know, we recently talked about NIL name, image, and likeness. And Casey, I wanted to talk about, uh, the recent news regarding Isaiah Wong. Did you see this? Oh, that's uh, that is the other Miami guard. That is the other Miami guard who uh, basically led them to the Elite Eight this year. Uh, he has entered his name in the NFL NBA draft, uh, but has has kept his eligibility um, so that he can come back should he you know decide that he's not going to get drafted high enough or you know what have you. So he's leaving his college el- eligibility open. Well, this past week. It was announced uh, him and his family uh, put out a statement that basically said, you know, if Isaiah and his family don't feel that the NIL number meets their expectations, they will be entering the transfer portal tomorrow while maintaining his eligibility in the NBA draft and going through the draft process, said someone who is listed as his agent, Adam Pappas uh, of Next Sports Agency. Uh, So he gave an interview to ESPN and this came immediately after, uh, maybe like a day or two after Miami had signed um, Nigel Pack for eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, we don't talk about him. I know. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. And a car. So 
he has since walked this back. He said, you know, he's happy with his his situation. Why'd they walk it back? I don't know exactly why they walked it back. Didn't you say um, NIL money's not allowed to keep players there? <laughs> well, that's what the NCAA says, but let's be honest. So. What are they really doing? I can sum this all up for you in, I don't know, letters, like less than 20. Letters. Okay. More money, more problems! Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's an interesting situation because this NIL stuff is so new and we don't really know, Do you know what how... happened. I know. What no, happened. I don't. Um, he found out, uh, that, uh, Pac got a cooler car than a Honda Civic. <laughs> well, you it know, wasn't about a... the actual money. It's the fact that he got, a, uh, that he didn't get stuck with a Honda Civic. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a limit on what they're going to spend on a car and you and I have different ideas of what that's going to be. So it's fine. It's fine. But the interesting thing is, you know, the guy who we talked about, the the big attorney who we talked about last time, who was putting up this money uh, for these these athletes to, you know, supposedly advertise for the Life Wallet uh, app. Didn't sound very happy, did he? No. Uh, I'm going to read his quote. This is from the ESPN article. Uh, when reached for comment, uh, he said, "Quote: Isaiah is under contract. He has been treated by Life Wallet exceptionally well." If that is what he decides, I wish him well. However, and this next part, because uh, he sent it in a text message, is in all caps. I do not, and then that's the end of the caps, ne- renegotiate. With I Darius. I, right. I cannot disclose the amount, but what I can say is that he was treated very fairly. Uh, So he seemed kind of pissed. That was a shot against the bow. That was a yeah. fire back. Like, you know that extra 200 grand that we slipped in your pocket? We're gonna we're gonna do what we can to take that back. You are getting no more money from from my firm. Uh, so rich people suck. Yeah, Ruiz now has signed 111 different players uh, to NIL deals. That is wild. Yeah, and this is Why this was he according start his own college. Well, he might as well. Um, and this article also mentions that he does this for numerous sports, including uh, cigarette racing. Say what? Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, the... What that? It's like boat racing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't even know that was like a college thing. But I guess going to college in Indiana really limits the opportunity to be a cigar racer. I thought you said cigarette. Or cigarette. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we had a lot of cigarettes. It, I mean, it's... Cause Are it's they racing ci- like marble red boxes? No, no. Because a, c- a cigarette boat is a type of uh, is a type of boat. Um. And oh. apparently there's... Is it like NASCAR where they started out the boats by taking <laughs> right, yeah. tobacco? Illegal tobacco and bootleggers and all that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but, I mean, this this could be the future of... Uh... No, this is a future. This is the now. This is what we're in. Well, right. But this is only one case that we know of. And I still, I have to think that the NCAA is going to try to do something to regulate this in, in a way that makes more sense because right now it is the wild wild west and there are just no policemen on the beat they've set out two rules you know you can't use it to bring a player don't to your go school. in the water <laughs> you can't use it to bring a player to your school and you can't use it to retain a player and yet here we are uh, that's see, literally the only thing money's used for. yeah that's the only thing it's done for i don't understand um so maybe they'll set a limit maybe you know maybe they'll regulate it more heavily but for right now these players are, are going to see teammates come in making $800,000 over two years and look at their money and say, man, why am I not getting anything close to that? And, you know, Isaiah Wong was like, you know, I, I led a team to the Elite Eight 
and suddenly I don't feel respected, and it could make for a headache for a bunch of colleges out there. I'm all for these players getting their money, but we, we got to figure out as a uh, as a group of people who are watching college sports and those folks who are regulating college sports, what is this meant to do, and how can we make sure uh, that it's used in the proper way? Because right now, I don't think it's really doing what they want it to do. Yeah, it's – I mean – there is no intent or purpose to what it is. They didn't want it at all. Yeah. And so they refuse to make any rules. And here we are. It's going to be a free for all. There are going to be players unhappy in the same way that players are unhappy ever. They're, they're, in theory, there's no salary cap limit. Right, right. So there's like, no amount like of money. Major League that, baseball. The only reason like players don't complain more in major sports is because teams can only spend so much. So there is this artificial limit that you can base what people are worth. There's none of that in college. So literally you can assume that you are worth the world. And at this current moment, you can move around anywhere you want. And you have a lot of time to decide whether you're happy or not. And this, this will not be the only case of, Ooh, new transfer, make a lot of money, shiny thing. Well, Hey, hold on. I've been here at this school that preaches loyalty because, you know, every damn school Mm -hmm. preaches loyalty. We're a family here. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're going to be like, well, new shiny toy guy got way more than I did. Where's mine? Well, fine. I'll go find someone else and I'll go be the supermodel somewhere else. That's that's the landscape right now. And I, I don't see any logical reason why, if this is the way we're playing, there's no reason for it to be better than this because this is this is your open market right right it's wide open yep absolutely wide open so gonna be interesting to follow i'm sure we'll talk about this again but uh that is what we've got for now on this i just thought it was an interesting little story uh that kind of fit into what we talked about i believe last week so we're gonna take a break come back and look at eric hunter jr i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back. So continuing our look at uh, players from the 2021-2022 Purdue basketball roster, today is Eric Hunter Jr.'s opportunity. And as I said at the top, we've kind of started this project with players who are leaving Purdue, whether that be, you know, they've exhausted their eligibility or they're going early to the NBA draft like Jaden Ivey. Um, Eric Hunter Jr. finds himself in a strange position because he has completed, you know, his normal eligibility at Purdue, but because of COVID-19, the NCAA has extended the opportunity for players to use an additional year of eligibility. Um, Hunter Jr. initially said he would not use that and was not going to come back. 
then he announced he was declaring for the NBA draft but would keep his college eligibility open. So he left the door open for a return to Purdue. Um, however, then he entered his name in the transfer portal as a grad transfer. Um, so we don't know, one, if he's going to come back to college at all. And two, if he does come back to college, if he's going to come back to Purdue. So it's an interesting situation and one Yay. yeah, yeah, one that I've not seen before, uh, other than like I said, uh I believe last week with Kofi Coburn at Illinois who did this uh before the the most recent season. But uh, I I don't know how optimistic I am with him returning to Purdue. Casey, do you have any just initial gut feelings on that? I don't know. It's weird because Initially, it was I thought it was a little strange that Trevion, Sasha, Hunter all declared before the season season even started. Hey, this is it. We're done with college basketball. Yeah, and it kind of feels like with Hunter especially getting knocked out by a 15 seed left a real bad taste in his mouth because all of a sudden you, we start to hear, hear word. Yeah, he's not declaring for the draft. He's not going to leave. He's contemplating staying. Mm-hmm. And the initial response is okay. He wants to stay and write the ship and do better at Purdue, you assumed. Right, right. And now it's it's clear that he wants to see where else he has wanted, other places he could play. Um, I'm assuming the NBA, uh, the, EB, uh, the NBA talkback is not going to be super enthusiastic about a guy who was never, you know, never averaged double-digit points as a lead guard. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. And so now it becomes how much does he blame some of that on Purdue fair right. and unfairly? And right. it's probably both because, you know, he's played with a lot of lead guards. It's not a system where we've seen many point guards flourish, uh, particularly with the ball in their hand. That's just not what the offense is meant to do, uh, particularly with all the big guys inside and the way it moves. And so we're, we're kind of stuck at this weird place. If you had only ever seen Eric Hunter play in college, you wouldn't know what to make of his high school tape. Once again, top 10 score at Indiana of all time. I, this is, you know, conjecture, but you've got to think he is trying to literally just think of where, where at the most can I display that kind of talent and at what school? Yeah. Is yeah. It, it's, I, I mean, uh, it's just a, it's a weird situation. Um, there are just so many ways that Hunter's career could go from here. You know, he could return to Purdue and, and be kind of a, a, not a lead guard, but I mean, he could be the point guard for Purdue and play as many minutes as his body can handle. Um, you know, in his final year, he could wind up at a different school and want to be more of an offensive threat as he was in high school. Or he could simply just decide, you know, this is it for me. Uh, I'm done playing college ball. I'm going to go into, you know, play overseas or maybe just enter the job, uh, you know, the workforce. So there are a lot of things that could happen for Eric Hunter Jr. But um, with all that in front of us, uh, we're now going to look at his career at Purdue, which was a really interesting one, um, an up and down career for sure. Because as you said, uh, one of the one of the best scorers in Indiana high school basketball history uh, came in only averaged uh, over ten points for a season once in his career. That was his sophomore year when he had ten point six, and then it went down from there. Um, Eight point five his junior year, and then six point two this most recent season. So it, it was strange to see a guy who was touted as a shooter and a scorer. Uh, come in and just, you know, play such a different role. And that's no knock on him. That's what he was asked to do. You know, he came in and played a different different role uh, than he did in high school. Um, but, it, you know, it was weird because especially his minutes reduced his final year because he had such a slump, um, went from playing 30.6 his junior year to just 25.8 uh, his senior season. So 
Uh, Casey, overall, I mean, how would you encapsulate uh, Eric Hunter Jr.'s career? I, I think he did a pretty good job of summing it up. I, I think it's it's interesting because that true freshman year, he's one of the few underclassmen that was able and capable of playing on that team that went to the Elite Eight. Um, he played real minutes for that team. He was a really good defender, played smart on offense, never tried to do too much. And it just seemed really encouraging to know what he was in high school and that he could play that small part. And you really just kind of expected his game to exponentially grow from there. And it never really did. And it's definitely some of it is a limitation. He doesn't play quickly. His jump shot is slow. He has good footwork and instincts, but at times you see him kind of pause out there, doesn't play as fast on offense as you'd like. But it's hard to... I thought his senior year, it, it was really discouraging to start. Um, we were both oh, absolutely, yeah. pretty hard on him. He struggled a lot. And he said it himself. He's like, this is my last chance. Desperation mode. And we saw that on the court, him flip the switch. And towards the end of the year, he's playing the best basketball of his career. Had some really big games, really big moments. Was that enough to make him think he could do that all year for a season? I guess that's what we have to wait to ask for. But I, in the back of my mind, I, I don't know how he could have much mystery of how another season at Purdue would go because he's been in pretty much every role imaginable. And I don't know how much more there is to tap really tap in from there. And we watched Aaron Wheeler go to St. John's and have a pretty dynamite season. Yeah. Yeah. And you just kind of wonder different conference, different teams, different coaches, different styles. Uh, there, there's a lot of more guard friendly uh, schools and programs out there. And it would be, it would be interesting to see what he would look like there. Cause I think he is a talented kid, has good athleticism, good length. I think he's a smart player, very good on defense. He he would be, it's weird. We haven't heard any visits or him going anywhere yet because you would think there would be a lot of programs that would be very, very interested in a player like him. Oh yeah. I mean, I think one of the interesting things about the transfer portal and the way that college basketball has changed is guys like Eric Hunter jr. Who aren't necessarily, going to be your star guard. You know, they're not going to be your Jaden Ivey or your Carson Edwards. There is going to be a lot of opportunity for them. Um, if if they have this situation where they, you know, they played, they've exhausted their eligibility. Teams who are looking for st- a stable guard and a guy who can take care of the basketball really should be falling all over themselves to get a guy like Eric Hunter Jr. to come to their team. Um, you know, as you said, we talked all season about how inconsistent he was to start the year and how we were glad when, you know, he kind of got benched and his minutes kind of stumbled because he he really wasn't being the player we wanted him to be. Um, he he was known really his his junior year, his defense really ratcheted up and he wasn't doing that this senior season either. So there was a question of really what he was bringing to the table and whatever happened about two thirds of the way through the season, whatever switch was flipped uh, in his mind it truly turned around for him, and he looked like the player we really expected him to be all season. And it really was a joy to see him turn it around because you could see how much more fun he was having on the court. You could see him find that ability to be the leader on the court again and find the open man and play within himself. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, like a lot of these these guys we've talked about, his last game was a very bad game for him. Um, played 31 minutes no points, uh, three assists, five rebounds, and, and to go along with three fouls too, which um, obviously the the foul disparity played a played a big role in that game. But 
you know, to, to go down like that, like you said, it's got to leave a bitter taste in your mouth. And whether that's enough to bring him back to Purdue for one more year or not is now the question that, that he faces and the Purdue fandom faces. Yeah, because, you, you know, how you get a bad taste in your mouth. It's almost your fault if you order the same dish again. <laughs> right, yeah. So <laughs> It's like, man, that... That restaurant down the road is terrible. I'm not going every, there. Every time I go every there. Every time I, I order there, the food is so bad. Well, you should stop ordering the food there. It's like that old joke. Doctor, it hurts when I do this. Well, stop doing that. Yeah, so it's it's tough. It sucks. There's there's a lot, lot left undone, but it's hard to really say if he stays, A, it's going to fix anything, or B, it's the best for him. So it's one of those where, you know, you're sitting at night and it's late and you both kind of just... This isn't right for you. It's not right for me, but I need a point guard. Right, right. And you need a team. So. Yeah. I mean, it's for me, it's an it's a weird situation because I, I obviously huge Purdue fan. I don't know if you know that about me. It's kind mm-hmm. of a secret. It's kind of mm-hmm. secret. I keep it to myself. Um, So I want the best for Purdue, obviously. And I and I want the best players I can for this team uh, going forward. To, to prevent a huge drop-off for next season that I think a lot of us are afraid of. But I also want the best for a guy like Eric Hunter Jr., who's done so much for Purdue. And to be honest, I don't know if coming back to Purdue is the best thing for him if he wants a different opportunity. Because like you said, you've been on the team four years now, and if he, if he wants something else for himself as far as you know having more opportunity to score the ball, maybe it is best for him to go elsewhere. I, I would love to have him back personally. Um, I think he can add a lot to this team, and Purdue is going to need a steady point guard, um, what with losing Isaiah Thompson and not getting anyone as of now in the transfer market. Do you know what's I, wild? What? I'm reading this ESPN Plus college basketball transfer Ooh, rankings. Ooh, la, la, la. And they have one through 100 listed. Uh-huh. He's not on there. That's ridiculous. He's in the honorable mentions. How? There's no way there are there are 100 players in the transfer market better than Eric Hunter Jr., this is saying there are. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I, 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 I don't fill these things out. These, these I mean, are do, you, people. do you think that's right? No, probably not. I have a hard time believing it. But this is, I guess, the perception. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, so maybe maybe we're too close to the situation and we're really overvaluing him. I mean, I suppose that is possible. Um, But, you know, his, his three-point shooting this year was 43% up from 27% the year prior. Uh, free throws went down, which was really a killer, down to 68% from 80%. Uh, rebounds stayed steady. Uh, assists went down a little bit, but not too bad. Um, so he's he's been a steady player for Purdue. Uh, you know, as I said, he got much better in the in the last third of the season. So I, I would love to have him back. Um, but regarding... you're reading those stats, and like that all sounds really good, right? <laughs> but they're reading, oh, he averages six points a game, yeah, two rebounds, two assists, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So in that sense, I get it. But from just a added team added value to to a player, I, I can't imagine there are a hundred players better in the in the transfer portal than Eric Hunter no, Jr. I I wouldn't either. But yeah, he's it it probably would be hard to find a team that would value him more than Purdue does because we got nothing else. Yeah, I mean, we're we're basically for this next year, Purdue is relying on either Ethan Morton to play point guard, which you and I are fine with. Um, but I'm not sure it's something that he can do for 40 minutes um, no. or Braden Smith coming in as a true freshman and playing point guard, which 
All I know about Braden Smith is what I've read on our own site and the highlights that I've seen of him where, guess what? Everyone looks great in their highlights because they're called highlights. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I don't know how he's going to do in a college game if he if we expect him to be out there 15 to 20 minutes in, in year one. Yeah, I mean, Purdue needs a transfer. Absolutely. Uh, Tyrese Hunter, uh, Malachi Smith couple of the names. Apparently there's like 80 other players better than Hunter that we can go to. <laughs> yeah, we, we apparently need to look into them. Yeah. See if we can find another guard. Yeah, so I I think there there's like two game changers left. I, I think those two that I named would be monster upgrades and the kind of offensive players that Purdue was desperately needing for a guard. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. This yeah, is supposed I mean, to be about Eric Hunter, and I think one of the most telling things is we don't really know whether breakup would be heartbreaking or needed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm again, not sure he knows. It, exactly. It goes back to, to what you said. And I touched on also, I, as a fan, I'd love to have him back. I think he can add a lot to the team, but if, if I'm just looking at it from him, his perspective, maybe finding another program would be best because it gives him a different opportunity and he will never have another opportunity to play college basketball. And if never he, say never, <laughs> right. He, who knows? He could get a 60 or somehow. Um, He's got to figure out if he wants to try something different because this will be his only chance. So I hope he finds a position that's that's best for him because he has been nothing but a class individual at Purdue, represented Purdue with with pride, um, has has always made me proud uh, of the way he conducted himself. Uh, got one of one of the best smiles you'll ever see out there on the court, uh, and of course had that great. Um, the great meme when Trevion's dunk got waved off of him smiling <laughs> real big and then looking shocked. Uh, so I love that for him. But whatever happens, we wish Eric Hunter Jr. nothing but the best. So, uh, Casey, anything about this young man before we before we head out for the night? Yeah, it, he was better than he should have been early. Probably not as good as he should have been late, but uh, really held in there. Um, pulled this team back together towards the end of the season, the senior year. And unfortunately, it was part of two of the worst losses in Purdue yeah. history. Yeah. And so, yeah, there, if there's anyone that knows the heartbreak of Purdue, it's it's that guy. And he fought through every single one. Um, a Boilermaker, whether he leaves or not, uh, a really good career, played with some of the the best players that have come to Purdue in a long time. So, yeah, it, it, I, 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 I don't know where to leave it. Yeah, I don't, well, I, I don't here, know here's, which. Here's, we, here's where yeah. we'll leave it. Um, no matter what happens, um, this will not be the last time we talk about Eric Hunter Jr. on this podcast because we will cover whatever decision he Next makes. Next week, Eric Hunter Jr. Yeah, chapter no 2. So uh, when that decision gets made, we'll make sure to talk about it on here. But for now, I think that's going to end it. For Casey and myself, we want to thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Order up.